See the film that IndieWire calls the Argentine answer to Weekend. Lucio Castro's swooning gay romance, End of the Century, opens August 16th at IFC Center. Welcome to the Film Comment Podcast. My name is Nick Rapold. I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Film Comment, and this is our special Locarno Film Festival edition, coming to you live from Boston. No, Locarno, just kidding. Um, And we are here about midway through the festival. That's what passes for humor, midway through a festival. Um, And we're going to talk about some of the movies we've been seeing. Um, But first, we just want to introduce my wonderful guests. Um, I'm joined by... Jessica Green, and I'm the Artistic Director of the Houston Cinema Arts Society and the Houston Cinema Arts Festival. Uh, And Jessica, this is your first time on the podcast. Yes. On this podcast, at least. Um, And I think... uh, I feel like I first um, met you when you were programming with the Maisels in New York. Um, So, yeah, also shout out to the Maisels. Yes, shout out to the Maisels Documentary Center and Maisels Cinema. I was the director of Maisels Cinema for a decade, from 2008 to 2018. And it's my first time at Locarno, too. Oh, yeah. uh, This is only my, my third time here, but every time still feels like I'm finding my bearings somehow. I don't know. But um, anyway, now I've gotten away from myself. I'm also joined by uh, Jordan Kronk, um, film critic, programmer, uh, film comment contributor. Um, I also run the Locarno in Los Angeles Film Festival, which is a uh, curated selection series of uh, Locarno titles that we bring to L.A. every year in the months following Locarno. So we're planning that as we speak. Yes, uh, and this year at Locarno, I guess, is maybe a little bit different from, from past years um, in that there's been a little changeover after, uh, after a long and, and happy tenure uh, by uh, Carlos uh, Chatrian, who is now at Berlin. He was the uh, um, artistic director here. Um, and um, Jordan, you want to bring us up to date a little on, on the, the new management? <laughs> yes. Um well, taking Carlo's spot is a woman named Lily Hinston. She ran a, another festival in France for a while. Um, and so she brought a number of her uh, programming team over and also some new additions, um, including a film comment contributor, actually, Nicholas Elliott. Oh, yes, that's uh-huh. true. He's on their, their programming committee. Yeah, so they uh, have a real new, wonderful team as well. Uh, and the outgoing programming team all went to Berlin. So we look forward to, I guess, what they do also in, in Berlin. But it so far, halfway through the festival, the sensibility has not changed very much, I would say. Still leans toward the adventurous and experimental side of cinema on the whole. Yes, I, I, I would agree in my, in my limited experience. Um, and I guess, you know, there are a few films here that have been especially anticipated, um, such as uh, a new film by Pedro Costa, um, and there's also a new film by Koji Fukada, um, and a couple of others. There's a film that Ulrich Kohler co-directed with Henner Winkler, who is, I think, a filmmaker from the early side of the Berlin School, but ha- hadn't, um, hasn't uh, done as much as high profile as others. Um, but there are plenty of others that we'll, we'll talk about. Uh, there's also a, a big um, retrospective program here. There's always something interesting here. In the past, there was a Jacques, Jacques Turner um, film, uh, retrospective la- uh, th- last year, I think that was, and I had a flashback to that this year because there was a guy playing drums 
in in the center of the corridor here, which gave me a flashback to I walked with a zombie. Uh, I suddenly felt like I was going to, uh, I don't know, go into a fugue state or something. Um, fortunately, I didn't, and I'm here. Um, and this year, the, uh, the retrospective is a, a very uh, elaborate and sprawling and historically deep and broad um, retrospective called Black Light, which is kind of hard to characterize or generalize, but I guess it's basically about um, blackness in cinema. But even that, you know, it is an idea that's defined and redefined as you go through it. Um, so we might talk about a couple titles from that. But let's just dive right in. Uh, maybe we can start with uh, the Pedro Costa. Um, he has some rabid fans that would come after us if we didn't say a little something. Um, so, Jordan, uh, what did you think? Uh, well, we just saw this movie a few hours ago. Oh, yeah, and but, this, is, uh, this is, of course, uh, Vitalina Varela. Yeah, Vitalina Varela is the name of the, the film. That's the character's name. If you saw Costa's previous film, Horse Money, uh, she was the character that was introduced in that film, and this is continuing her story, um, along with Ventura, who's been in like three other prior, I think, uh, Costa films before that. Um, but yeah, this is, a, like I said, a continuation of this woman's story who in this film has returned from Cape Verde to Lisbon to, well, ostensibly for her husband's funeral, but she misses the funeral by a few days. And then it essentially is her getting his, uh, you know, what is it, stuff in order or his... Uh, What's the term? I don't even know. Oh, yeah, getting his affairs, affairs in order. In order. Yes, yeah. getting all that stuff. Uh, kind of literally, in a yes. way. Yes, well, <laughs> exactly, yes. So yeah. you learn a lot about her past, and then this character who's passed away, who you don't meet, you learn about through her encounters and conversations with uh, his like previous work partner and friends and neighbors. Uh, but it's, of course, shot in his kind of customary, super... Uh, expressionist slash austere uh, style with uh, you know these uh, static frames and characters arranged very uh, beautifully and superimposed within the frame. Uh, but I thought it was great, and I thought we're going to talk a bunch about other films that are like I think very modest in some ways. And this film, it's almost like not fair to compare. I think compared to what we've seen already, because there's like a monumentality to. I mean, his images, but the film as a whole has very, uh, it's very historically and culturally like heavy and dense and it just feels a little more important than some of the more eclectic titles we've seen already. Yeah, there's a real weight to that, weight to it, which also just comes from, I think, just the emotional like weight to it, which is an almost oppressive feeling of like her mourning um, and her coming to grips um, while also... Uh, just everything's in darkness mostly as well like uh, it's very like charoscuro you just have faces that are just very carefully lit um, and you realize that you know at one point there's there's a scene that's you're actually seeing some blue sky <laughs> and there's it's a two yeah. daylight scenes and they're like yeah. shocking when they happen <laughs> yeah you almost are blinking like you actually did step out in, into the daytime um, but yeah I, I think I, I like that idea of monumental like the first shot spoiler alert of this Petra Costa movie is that, you know, a kind of funeral procession that's going down. It almost just looks like an alleyway, but it could be a street for all we know because it's so dark. Um, and it's just a just towering wall, monolithic-like wall. And at the top of the wall, I guess you get a glimpse of maybe the cemetery that they're going to loop around to get up to. So you just see three or four crosses. So you use the word expressionistic. I mean, that's almost like a, 
yeah, German expressionist kind of image to have those kind of crosses and you have this slow funeral procession. I don't think any audible dialogue for like the first several minutes. Um, and, um, and then you have a little when people are like emptying out um, the apartment where he lived. Um, but I, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a very, it's a very intense experience and it's almost sculptural um, just in the way you're, you're kind of sitting with her for a lot of it as she's just kind of people are coming and going she's reacting to them or she's kind of I don't know ruminating um I don't know so very observational it sounds like yeah exactly yeah you're just kind of fiction film but very observational style it's almost just it's almost a movie that's entirely about a state of 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 mind yeah which is sort of like what horse money was like because you're not really in horse money it's the characters are kind of trapped in this uh sanitarium or something uh and uh this movie is has it's a little more uh, open as far as like the locations a little bit. It's mostly set in like a house in a little neighborhood, but it has a similar feeling where you're like exploring this woman's psyche and also Ventura, who has a grow a bigger and bigger part as the film goes along. Uh, but yeah, it's a very sad movie. I felt and very spirit. It feels like his most spiritual film too. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, yeah lots of like you already mentioned the crosses, but there's a lot of cross imagery other than just that opening shot. Yeah, there's a, a prominent priest figure. In, in it uh, who is yeah not he, he's not like the comforting priest <laughs> figure type he's he seems more of like a fragile yeah. presence um like yeah kind of like religions on on the ropes in terms <laughs> in the support i don't know i'm just haunted well anyway i don't want to give too much away about the visuals although it's not one that really is based on like some like sh- shocked it's just that he has this consistent style that, so that everything looks kind of cool right if you've um, seen his other films you definitely yeah. know what to expect visually for sure but yeah, yeah. It, it's working in a slightly different uh i mean being i guess he's made films about female characters before but this is feels like the first time in a little while at least that that's like a central that's true theme, yeah. i guess in van is yeah 15 years old now but anyway yeah i felt yeah. it was it's a very strong film and a great com- i mean he hasn't made a movie in five years so when he does it's very significant right. And yeah. I think it's great for Locarno to have this movie in Lily's first year as well to yeah, be like a big sure. premiere of a major uh, tour film. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and it'll it'll travel its way through through the fall. It's it's in the New York Film Festival for one thing. Um, well, let's pivot to something. What what is the phrase? And now for something entirely completely different. Um, maybe maybe a good place to start would be a movie that's more on the documentary or nonfiction end of things. Um, just because I think that's another thing that's very interesting here, um, is working in those kind of, I don't know, in between zones, um, in very creative ways. Um, so this is a film that actually I haven't seen yet, but I know both of you have, and that's, I, I love the title space dogs. Um, I think, wasn't there actually a, like an animated movie called Space Dogs or something? Yes, there, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I didn't make that up. Okay. Yes, there is. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this isn't the live action remake. This is this is not the live <laughs> action remake. But uh, what 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 is it? And not to be confused with Space Jam. Oh, Space Jam. Yeah. That's right. Which is being remade now, of course. Yeah. By Charles Dance. So. I, I I read that he dropped out. Oh, is that or true? Or he oh, was okay. whatever happens. Latest, I don't know. Right? Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> you heard it here first <laughs> yeah. at the Lacarne the Film hot, Festival. The hot take. That's right. right. <laughs> this is, you know, can't miss this. Yeah. <laughs> Do you um, want to take the lead on the oh, sure. description of it, I guess? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I would first say, like, I, you know, had to see Space Dogs um, because, you know, as I mentioned before, um, I am the artistic director of the Houston Cinema Arts Festival. And... 
I am doing a 50th moon landing theme this year, which is, you know, a super, super big um, kind of Houston thing and story and, you know, um, you know, mission control, NASA's mission control is located in Houston. So looking at a lot of um, films around this theme and this film is like, man, like a real kind of solve to all of the kind of really celebratory, fanfare-oriented, rah-rah kind of, uh, you know, uh, representation of, of the moon landing, representation of space exploration. It's a really, really different take on it um, in every possible way. It, um, what it's about is uh, a couple of things. One, the dogs um, that were part of the Russian cosmotot uh, space exploration um, prior to the moon landing, and specifically the dog that went into space and actually, um, I believe, exploded on way back um, from on their way back from space. Um, and there has been this sort of folkloric idea in Moscow and Russia that the ghost of this dog kind of roams the streets of Moscow. So the filmmakers follow around these actual street dogs, um, sort of around this theme of perhaps they are the ghosts of this dog. And a lot of the film follows them super, super, super like verite style through the streets, you know, at their level, at dog level, like through their trials and tribulations, incredibly dramatic life as street, stray dogs and Moscow. And that is like interspersed with archival footage of the experiments that were done on many of the other dogs that were being prepared to, you know, um, be sent to space and um, and some pretty hardcore experimentation that involves some pretty hardcore dog augmentation, body augmentation, and uh, yeah. So um, yeah, it's kind of like, I don't know, like real quick, like what I felt like after I saw it was like one, you know, like the saying like hurt people, hurt people, like hurt dogs, hurt dogs, <laughs> and cats too. And it's kind of like, a, like, you know, a dog movie version of like Grizzly Man or something. Right. It's pretty oh, wow. hardcore, yeah. It's definitely one of the most ambitious movies I think I've seen so far. Um, the multiple moments in the movie are like, a how did they do that type reaction yes, for me? For sure. I was like, huh. yeah. you see things in the in the movie that you don't know how, quite how they filmed because it is speaking of no dialogue. I don't know if there is any dialogue other than maybe some like idle chatter from people around the dogs. And canine, canine dialogue. Yeah, so a there's there's like a that, lot of canine dialogue. Essentially told through their <laughs> yeah. through the dog's perspective, like yes. you were saying. Um, but yeah, it's interesting how they use this kind of like speculative fiction framework to to follow these just like dogs being uh, savage in some in some cases, and like the, there's a brutal scene with the cat that we are, is already like famous probably from the people who've seen it or, mm -hmm. uh, that you won't soon forget, I think. Uh, but yeah, on the whole, actually, the archival footage I found more, if not at least as interesting as the yeah for sure the dog drama. Yeah, it's like it's just a super committed film, a super disciplined film. I mean, I think at points it could have maybe been maybe cut a little bit. And sure, there were yeah, some yeah. things that, but like just the commitment that the filmmakers had to, it's just incredible. And yeah, it was like totally like, how did they do this? I mean, especially around the stray dogs that, you know, were followed around who were being, you know, documented the entire time and, and dealing with like some really, you know, harsh, situations and seemed completely oblivious 
to the humans documenting them. And that was one of the more right. curious things yeah, yeah. to me. And I, yeah, I'm still confounded by that. And that really stuck with me and kind of got under my skin. And I'm not sure how that happened. I think I, my only, I mean, my only hunch is that the dogs were just so used to not being cared for and being ignored by human beings that mm. they just took it for granted that this was another situation where the humans, you know, and, and the style is like super observational. The human, you know, like the people making this film do not get in the middle of anything, including this like kind of dog takedown of a cat that is pretty drawn out um, and intense. Mm. And there's no kind of intervening and it's really about just showing, depicting their experiences. Yeah, and actually my favorite part of the film other than the archival footage is like a, opening sequence before you meet the dogs where they're talking about the you know this myth or folklore of the possibly the dog being jettisoned back to earth and surviving uh but that whole opening section is like a mini avant-garde short film mm -hmm. it's like super cosmic and like mm -hmm. uh it's almost like the tree of life uh sequence where that's like the creation myth totally kind of, uh, yeah yeah visualized which is really uh an amazing opening yeah but yeah it's a like i said one of the more unique films that I've seen so far, at least. Yeah, there are a lot of levels yeah. to it and a lot of modalities, and it's, yeah, it's operating on a lot of different levels. And yeah, and I just want to add that, like, I mean, as brutal as it is, I think it actually really works around building empathy for the experience of, like, you know, undomesticated animals in the street and kind of like what they go through and the, mm -hmm. and the hardships that they experience. And it's a brutal wife film but I think it actually ended up like really you know kind of fostering a lot of um, empathy for these animals and their experiences so in a way it's it's brutal but it's also like like mm. deeply sensitive I think and as a kind of complex work and you know like I said it kind of got under my skin and after I thought about it a little bit and mm. took it in you know like a day later um, yeah yeah well this is something I definitely have to see <laughs> now it's not for everybody yeah <laughs> Yeah, Actually, in a strange way, I feel like it'll be one that like like I could see it winning an award. Like it's very oh. accomplished yeah. and like like I said, very oh, yeah. ambitious, and it has just that, that feel of like, whoa, you're watching something that is like unique, very very unique. And I just want to shout shout out to the female dog that has a limp that has to constantly defend herself against male dogs <laughs> throughout the movie. Like that is one tough B. Yeah. Like she is just not playing around and like yeah. the way she right like when well, she the dogs themselves are like fighting half the time with each other like that's but like she, the but main like thing the teeth the way the use of her teeth yeah hmm. like She's what is that bearing her called? teeth, bearing or, teeth yeah, right? yeah like what's that? doing that often. my girl like oh, yeah, oh really? she will yeah like if something I've, like the male dog gets too close or anybody yeah. gets too close it just like and, and she has a limp yeah. like yeah. she has a limp and they're constantly trying to procreate with her and she's not having it and she's just bearing her teeth like throughout the movie yeah. and just like hold like holding it down oh. like yeah i was really like shout out to her man that's well that's, yeah this is a go space dogs go space dogs <laughs> yeah um that's gonna be hard to top i think um but um so i mean what else what else have we seen that that we that we, that we liked um did we did we all see twelve thousand or I did, yes. I did not see it, but I've heard amazing oh. things about it, oh, okay. and I want to hear more about it, so let's oh, okay. talk about it. Sure, 12,000. <laughs> um, 12,000. How do we summarize 12,000? I, I, um, it's, it's a very tonally strange story, sort of centered on a guy who... I'm not even sure how he got to this point where he decided he had to earn a certain amount of money. He's, he lives with, lives with a woman, uh, and they're, like, wildly in love. Um, and... 
it has something to do with what is it again? There, well, he it seems like he's making money kind of on the on the down low, right? Kinda. So he has all these like it seems like he has odd jobs where you know, he's kind of like a, yeah, little rackets. Yeah. And uh, for some reason, he doesn't feel like he's going to be equal with his. They're not married, I guess. They're like partners of some sort. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he wants to make as much as she does, and which happens to be twelve <laughs> twelve thousand okay. dollars, I guess. So he. It's like they agree to separate while he like makes this money, or he wants to do it, and uh, so it's about him trying to like come up with th- this money, and then he ends up making more money than he's supposed to, and it doesn't make her happy. Anyway, it's a very strange movie, like plot-wise and then tonally, as well, because it like starts as this kind of like quasi-erotic uh, drama, yeah. and then there's all this like mystery and, and comedy interspersed. But uh, I found it really interesting and. But also, yeah, very obviously, very hard to describe. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's I th- I think that erotic erotic energy kind of carries through a lot of it, just because he he's this weird like rakish kind of character. It's like he's trying to he's like he's trying to channel some like I don't know s- sort of seventies eighties kind of rakish like mm. something that like Gerard Depardieu might have played yeah. or like Patrick Dewar, just kind of this weird kind of. He seems to be bowl, in know? love, and then every girl he meets, he's trying to like hook up with as well. So it's like, <laughs> like he has this huge plot or not plot, but he has this whole idea that he, how he's gonna like keep this girl he's in love with, but then it doesn't stop him from any other time trying to find another partner. It seems like. Yeah, it, it always it almost looks like he's it's it like it's all a game to him. Yeah. Um, and he's and any given in any given like conversational exchange, he's like trying to test the boundaries of like what the the stakes are and that's part of why the movie gets interesting because he'll he'll flip what you're you're expecting is going to happen in a conversation um and sometimes people will have it sometimes they won't um and yeah he's the the woman which i don't know her name but she's the director of the film too which is like an amazing uh, she's a great performance and i didn't realize until the end that this was uh, the actress is the director and she is like great presence and, I uh, didn't see that either. Has, I mean she's, she's responsible good. for a lot of that energy I think yes it? absolutely um, because she, she gives it like this this kind of focus this kind of um, to, to the entire thing um, there's also choreography in it right the, um, I'm trying to remember I feel the, like there are like uh, a, a, <laughs> really is a famous choreographer involved that choreographs like real quote-unquote regular real people in yeah. France dancing and he was involved in oh, okay. this film also and did actually some of the movement was choreo- choreographed by him yeah this is where I'm having like um, sleep loss amnesia <laughs> like yeah. I, there, um, that would be I mean he does a little dancing he has this, he's kind of like these dance shticks he does for like workers who are his friends that he works alongside. The lead oh, does. Oh, right. The lead yeah, does. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah. So right. that might be part of it. Ah. I forgot it's, about that. Because it's yeah, this whole right. little, almost little clownish. Also a bit Maybe of a, he's the choreographer. Maybe the lead actually is. Maybe. That could be, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It could be. He, he has a, uh, yeah, a particular We have to bone up on our <laughs> French choreography, like <laughs> right. culture and. <laughs> we do. Yeah. We, we just experience it fresh. That's, that's what <laughs> yes, we do. No, We're just tabula rasa here, just kind of. Naive narrators. We are naive narrators, <laughs> is what we are. Um, well, ignorance is bliss. You ignorance know. is bliss. <laughs> Very true. Um, but yeah, he does this little dance thing that I could imagine was kind of a sort of worked yeah. out routine, and also kind of reminded me of like, I don't, I don't know, someone in like a Fellini film or something. I don't know. Huh. Um, but yeah, it's 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 just a movie that you often think you have pegged at a certain, and and that it's going to get like. I don't know that there's going to be like some pessimistic fatalism to it and, and, and that's going to be the thing that's romanticized and then it's not that. Um, so yeah, definitely a movie that, that surprised me. Um, I don't know. That's, that's, uh, that's 12,000.
<laughs> it kept me on my toes. I know that's yeah, yeah. Very, it's very another. I think most of the movies we're talking about they're very unique in their like sensibility. This is one yeah. I, like I can't really peg the tone or the even like shot like what it, it's very funny. It's very dramatic and erotic and all these other things all mixed together. Yeah, but it doesn't feel like a mishmash, but. Anyway, yeah, I liked it. Mm. No, it is it is interesting, and actually, it was at least for the press screening was paired with something else that was also a little unpredictable, may, but maybe more predictably like I don't know, just pessimistic and, and dark. Uh, Love me tender. Oh yeah. Did you see that? No, no, like, but I, I, yeah. I've, I've yeah, and I mean this this one's a bit of a what's the word a tough sit <laughs> sort of because it just starts out with someone uh, a, a woman who's like a, sh- a shut-in basically with her family and uh, she has some kind of um, psychological um, I don't know pro- problems that are just bedeviling her um, and so she, she can't leave the house and she can't even get food for herself and so you're just wondering how far it's gonna go and the movie takes it pretty far um, and then goes into all these other direct kind of almost fantastical, fanciful directions. Um, but I won't dwell on that. I feel like that could be a tagline for Locarno. Taking it pretty far. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's kind of like... Yeah, that's right. Not completely over the edge, but just to that's it. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right to the edge. Exactly. After sold-out screenings at New Director's New Films, the summer's hottest movie, End of the Century, opens Friday at IFC Center in New York City. Director Lucio Castro will be on hand all weekend for Q&As with special guests, including Alan Cumming and more. The San Francisco Bay Times calls End of the Century an absolutely hypnotic romance. Slate Magazine says the film is at its most intense and sexiest when it's also at its most unknowable. End of the Century opens at IFC Center on August 16th. It just occurred to me, we should talk about, since we don't always give attention to short films, maybe we can talk about a shorts program that sure. I think we did all, we all saw, right? Um, distance, I don't know. Distancing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, we did. did we I, I've seen the, yeah, yeah. Did, I wasn't uh, there, but I've seen two of the films, I think, okay. right? Yes. Distancing and. Uh, distancing, the Giverny document. Yeah, I've seen both those, yeah. And. Singera. Sing, yes. Singera. <laughs> yeah. um, so who wants to lead us into to these? Um, well, Distancing is, uh, is the new short film by Miko Reveresa. Anyway, this is his follow-up to uh, No Data Plan, which uh, I wrote about for Film Comet by, mm. by yes. chance. <laughs> um, but a very good movie, and this is kind of like a coda uh, to that. Uh, if you've seen No Data Plan, you know it's about being an undocumented uh, immigrant in America and his trouble traveling across country on a train. Uh, and because of these situations in his life, he decided to move back in real life to the Philippines. And this is kind of a short film about him moving back. Yeah. Is he living in the Philippines now? I think he's back now, yeah. Uh, but he wasn't living in LA until very recently. So. Right, and an, an announcement was made at the screening that he couldn't be here in La Carne oh, because yeah. he's undocumented. That's oh, right. okay. I didn't know this. So, yeah, yeah. There. so that, you know, that makes sense. Which is, yeah, pretty yeah. real. So there you go. Yeah, it's, I, I, I mean, this, it, it's, it, there is, it, a, a lot of the, the visuals, like like no data plan, are very centered on traveling, you know, with a you know plane terminal. But then there, there's a lot that's also, I guess, must be his grandfather. Or? Yeah, I think those are his uh, grandparents. Grandparents. Uh, yeah. If I'm not, I don't. I'm not actually too sure because nothing. It's experimental short film. There's no like uh, contextual right. <laughs> uh, information given. But I think yeah. that is his family, and he's talking to them about the decision to move back. Um, and then there's images of like kind of a montage of him tra- getting on the plane and traveling to yeah. back home. Yeah. 
Um, and that was what led off the trio of shorts. And then the next one was, uh, am I pronouncing this right? The Giverny document? Yes, the okay. Giverny document, yes. Um, and, uh, uh, and Jessica, you know, know the filmmaker and know about the filmmaker probably more. <laughs> Yeah, it, yeah, it's made by uh, Jatovia and Gary, um, and there is also a um, kind of very short version of this film that just really kind of contends with the section of the film that is is in uh, Givernay, which is um, a area in northern France that has a um, pond that uh, Claude Monet uh, built so that he could. Um, perfectly, you know, have the most optimal light to, um, you know, uh, create paintings of water lilies. So it's a very kind of storied place um, and, you know, kind of really deeply connected to, uh, you know, French uh, culture, Impressionist painting. And so the film is, you know, set there where she was doing a residency um, and there's some really beautiful kind of scenes that are set you know, there, um, and Giovanni, and um, it also includes both some um, soundtrack and editing style that is rooted in um, chopped and screwed, like, hip-hop style from Houston, go Houston, so, and she's actually from Dallas, so that's interesting, and that both the chopped and screwed aesthetic comes through both, like, musically and in the editing style, so that's kind of interesting, and it's a real, you know, and this is another thing, there's just a lot of levels, and I would say that she is a um, filmmaker and artist that is operating, and I, I say this as a compliment, um, on a lot of different frequencies. There are a lot of different frequencies at play in the film. There's some archival footage of Nina Simone, kind of as she was, you know, known to do, you know, bossing an audience around, singing feelings. Um, there's also some Fred Hampton footage where he's kind of breaking down, you know, kind of, um, you know, imperialist, like post-colonial Africa and blah, 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 and all this other stuff. Um, and uh, there's also some Josephine Baker footage. There's also footage of uh, Diamond Reynolds, who was the girlfriend that was with Philandro Castile when he was um, murdered by police. And, uh, and, and just a lot of different kind of techniques and overlay um, kind of like animation on top of film and you know again there's just just a lot of levels to the Giovanni document um, and um, it's very collagist and also I think um, which is kind of like my foundation in terms of like my career um, it's really rooted in um, a lot of ways also in like hip-hop culture and aesthetics which I really love about it um, and that's kind of like the space that I started out in so um, yeah yeah, it's like th oh, those sequences are like chopped and screwed Stan Brackage. There's like moth uh, wings and stuff oh, like yeah. that, like in super hyper montage sequences, which are totally. really amazing visually. Uh, yeah. But like the main... If like, DJ Screw and, and Stan Brackage <laughs> had had a baby, <laughs> exactly. this is this is the film that yeah. would... It's the baby of like, yeah, DJ Screw and Stan Brackage. But in between that, there's like these sequence. There's like her on... It's the director, right? Is on the street doing yes. interviews with... Oh, yeah. Uh, That's interesting, too. Young, oh, young right. black women in Queens, right? Or in, in, uh, in, Harlem. Yeah, in, in Harlem. Yeah, in Harlem. Yeah, on Malcolm X Boulevard. Yeah. And that's based on a... Um, I guess you might know... A famous French film from the early 60s. Oh, is that based on what Chronicle of the Summer? I didn't even realize. I, didn't yeah, think, I think so. Yeah, oh, I didn't yeah, even yeah. Pick, I didn't oh. pick that up. Yeah, yeah, didn't mention based, that. yeah okay. she mentioned that in the in the discussion. Oh, okay. um, yeah, it's interviews with young black women about if they feel safe in their bodies and 
or on the street, and they all give very different answers. And some different yeah. age black women. Yeah, some yeah. different, different, some oh, yeah, older women, women, some yeah. younger women. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that apparently the first lightweight boxer, no, the, boxer. the yeah, woman yeah, right. who was the first lightweight boxer. She's yeah. great, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, there's just it's just like yeah, super collagist, and there's so many frequencies to it. But I I think it's beautiful. I think it works. I think she's pretty brilliant. And uh, yeah. Yeah, those I mean those um, uh, women on the street uh, interviews were just an interesting way of getting at embodiment because it immediately becomes very vivid, um, and you know it, it uh, just someone's immediate experience and just seeing also people work through. They're, they're feeling some of them had it at the ready other uh, others yeah. they, they kind of have to think about it that way and then they realize oh wait no <laughs> you know um, and I was also curious to see just the ages like it seemed like maybe older generations did feel a bit more comfortable but some it almost seemed like the, the younger younger generations much more felt unsafe um, I don't know if that no yeah it's, yeah now that I'm trying to think back on it I don't know that I think, was, yeah some of the older like women were yeah. like, oh, I'm, I feel safe. I've lived here for 30 years, 40 years, whatever. Yeah. And the younger women seem to be a little more hesitant yeah. on what they were yeah. feeling or thinking. But. Totally. And I mean, she's, you know, and she's said this, that, you know, part of the inspiration, you know, around this is just like, what it is around what it, what it is to travel and be in the world um, mm. in a woman's body, in a black woman's body. And that you know, when she had gone to do the residency in Giverney had ended up being, you know, um, her kind of you know harassed by a you know French jogger, you know, and had come from Bedsty, New York, and then was in this like you know kind of idyllic, you know, um, kind of you know at least you know visual paradise, and then had this experience of, of feeling really um, unsafe, and so that was you know part of the the inspiration for wanting to around wanting to create this this uh, work. Yeah, hmm. that's interesting. Which apparently started as a installation of some sort because this is built oh, as a right. single single oh, channel yeah, so yeah. i don't know i haven't seen the installation version but yes. I, i'm guessing the multiple the various sequences yes. we're describing probably play on multiple screens or something uh, and okay. there were there were portions that were like you know kind of black screen okay. that that um you know kind of yeah and and when we talk about the next film yeah that was the case they were actually you know when we, yeah the next one in this program also oh, yeah there were both yeah installations but oh, okay. and that's you know sort of a i guess an issue with installation work because there are these kind of I, slightly long periods where the screen is black because you know, it's it's a single channel as opposed to multi-channel, mm. so that's you know just the complication of of when work is created for an installation and then you know mounting in this way and and w what is lost, but then also you know there are things that are gained, also and then the other thing I just want to say about this is that I think um, there's just so much language in it, right? And that's what's mm -hmm. so and like yes, this is a movie you know um, made by a black woman about you know the experience of being in a black woman's body, but like there really is like something for a lot of because there's so much language because there is like experimental film language because there is like hip hop language because there is black vernacular language there are a lot of levels to this there's a lot of points of entry and she's i think a really really interesting artist in that way and that she is operating on all these different levels and speaking these different languages at once so i think there's a lot of ways into this film for everybody yeah no, i mean when you when you're saying that makes me think of the Nina Simone clip where she's basically singing a text and then at the same time like revising and working around it and commenting on it like you can see her almost like writing in the margins as she's doing it and also addressing the reader or the audience i mean and and that's just i don't know that's really fascinating to have that kind of found piece found kind of found footage i mean i'm putting i'm making air quotes sorry um <laughs> um that is doing all these operations on it and she's also feeling mm -hmm. 
you know, personally and also performatively a bit, all of these things that she's feeling about it, she's going through it. And she just starts it with like... And singing feelings. And, and singing feelings. She's like, and she's like, I can't even get in, I don't want to, I'm not even going to remember the exact words, but like, how do I get to the, get into the mindset that felt this song had to be written in the first place? Right. Which is, yeah, that's just kind of amazing. And, and on that note, shout out to Lindsay Wagner, Bionic Woman, which is the first place I ever heard somebody sing the song Feelings. Oh, wow. Which she sang in a kind of, cabaret scene that was really great so <laughs> I didn't know. um and then, then there's wait there's one more in the in the program yes. right um Swingera. Swingera. um yeah and that that was this dance piece um that included multiple dance um troops groups in in brazil in sao paulo um, and they were performing um, these kind of multiple dance performances, and there were these sort of fantasy sequences oh, yeah. within um, kind of these dancer fantasies. Um, some dancers, like some scenes where maybe like they weren't in the lead in you mm. know, the actual scene, the real scene, and kind of it went off into like a fantasy where they were in the lead. Um, there were a lot of dancers that, there was a lot of kind of um, gender fluidity in many of the dancers, a lot of kind of gender non-conforming. Um, and uh, I talked to the filmmaker about it a little bit afterwards and the choreographer of the main dance crew in it is like obsessed and really inspired by Royal Family, the dance crew from um, New Zealand that is founded by an indigenous uh, choreographer. Oh, wow. Shout out to Royal Family. Huh. So and when, actually when I saw the movie before the film, um, before I had that conversation, I was it reminded me a lot of Royal Family that also plays around with a lot of kind of gender identity, you know, both from like super kind of like voguing, you know, quote unquote, like male queer kind of aesthetics to sort of like a, women dancers appropriating quote unquote hyper, you know, um, male crotch grabbing, you know, which I guess right. like Madonna did back in the day also, whatever kind of styles. So, yeah. you know, I, I was, I was, you know, there for that. I'm down for that. I really liked it. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's hard not to be drawn in by, I mean, yeah, I could watch that dance for, yeah, much longer than they were, um, but yeah. I didn't see this one, but it sounds oh, great. You did, oh, you yeah. didn't see this one, yeah. A lot, a lot of well, contemporary dance, a lot of street dance, yeah, which it's I just love, so, I mean, I thought it was great, and a lot of really, really good, like, also, like, contemporary Brazilian, like, urban music, mm -hmm. and some of it was pretty raunchy, yeah, and, it was, was and it was fun, like, having the full, I think, the full on translation, I hope, <laughs> of these really great, like, raunchy lyrics, and, um, yeah. and, and I think there were some, like, trans dancers, and, you know, again, oh, it was yeah. just very, very, yeah, just represent, representative of this, you know, kind of like really young generation and how the, the binary is really breaking down and the mm. fluidity is really coming into the fore in all these spaces. Mm. And this film really captured that, I thought, really beautifully. Um, I, I'm going to jump on that because that, that, that makes a great segue if, just for before we started doing the podcast. Um, um, Jessica, you were talking about one of the VR pieces or just VR. I don't know if you, if you want to just along those lines, you were just. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, I saw a, I saw a few VR pieces, and I, yeah, I think there's like kind of some yeah connection to Swingera in, in that some of the pieces that I saw, um, well, starting with this like House of Haraway, which is um, a, a VR piece combining elements of, of drag houses with Donna Haraway's Cyborg Manifesto and mm -hmm. the kind of like Cyborg Haraway-esque Cyborg Manifesto non binary thing 
mm. you know, mixed with the kind of like gender non-binary and like sexual non-binary. It just came up as a theme in, in a bunch mm -hmm. of the VR. This one, Studio Visit 360. Um, this other one, VNs. And it's just, mm -hmm. it's just interesting to see how these things are really kind of, they're like dovetailing into each other and it kind of makes sense. And, you know, um, I don't know, the, yeah. you know, Cyborg Manifesto might be more important than the Communist Manifesto to VR in the future, it seems to me. I don't know. So. <laughs> well, you heard it here first. Um, yeah, no, I, I just thought of, you know, also good to mention just because I guess this is the first time they're having VR at oh. Locarno. I think you're right. But, but most major but the, festivals now have yeah, most of them. Uh, VR uh, components, which is... I don't know the way of the future, I guess. But yeah. So there, it sounds like they're diving right into the right into the thick of things. Um, with but there's kind of, but it's weird because it's kind of like a, a steampunk aesthetic. Like uh, they all kind of share this aesthetic that's actually like it's the future, but this very like '90s internet <laughs> aesthetic, funny. and also kind of like a, a Memphis Design School like style. Like uh -huh. it's so like '80s and '90s. So it's just like I don't know. It's like it's interesting to me that there's almost yeah. I mean, steampunk isn't the right word, but it's like. It's the style is very retro right mm -hmm. now, and yeah. a lot of this, at least this kind of style of VR, mm -hmm. it all f looks so 90s to me. So that's yeah, I'm not sure what that's about. That's, but that's really interesting. <laughs> I think VR, yeah, still I haven't seen any of these pieces yet. I plan on going to at least two, but it's still lacking in some important areas. I think as before we get to what they want it to be, and, and I it think makes me nostalgic, like GeoCities, <laughs> and you oh, know, yeah. it's like Angel, getting my GeoCities Angel on. Fire accounts. Like, yeah, I, the only thing I have to have this conversation is that I watched The Matrix in the plane, so, which puts you in a state, Whoa. the same state, I think. Does it hold up? I had fun, but also, you know, you're, you're deoxygenated, you're like, and I don't Is that know. why movies are better on the plane? Oh, yeah. But okay. I, I what? So cry more on planes watching movies than any other oh place. Oh, my God. I didn't realize that. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, no, no. This I is more of my right. pseudoscience. Uh, no, I think you're I right. Know. It's like the same principle that if you, like, one glass of wine is like two okay. glasses of wine so right. like um, oh yeah that's, you know, that's also no, true. that explains it yeah, yeah. so it's like a a that's why jordan is banned from so many <laughs> right. so like a okay movie is great yeah because everything yeah. i watch on the plane i'm like what's the problem this is great <laughs> like right. i literally love every it's yeah i think that's i never understood what that was about i was like why yeah. do i love everything when i watch it on a plane yeah yeah which is wow. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, who, who knows? Maybe that's that's we should this now. The, the next thing is we should do a podcast on a plane where we're all <laughs> we're all literally. And then nobody will have anything bad to say nobody about any bad. movie that we're watching. Yeah, we'll all Yeah, happily happily high in this guy. <laughs> um, so let's talk about some uh, other features that are in uh, the Locarno program. Um, the one that kind of showed early earlyish on, I guess, is another. Um, you know, pr pretty well-known filmmaker, um, A Voluntary Year, which is uh, by this Austrian filmmaker, co-directed by um, Ulrich Kohler and Henry, Henry Winkler. And is he Fonzie in Austria? <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps. Yeah. I know um, nothing is about there an the Austrian Fonzie? at all. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe probably. he'd dub Happy Days. This is true. This is true. <laughs> Um, this is, and I mean, this is uh, actually after everything we 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 talk about. This is is it's almost sounds like a could be like a mainstream like family comedy in a way, but it's it's very um, very finely observed, and and you know, it's 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 about a, a doctor, and his daughter is about to go on one of those years away. Uh, for her, she's going to Costa Rica, yeah. and she's suddenly not quite sure she wants to go. Um, so you know, kind of. Com comedy ensues, and she she has a boyfriend that <laughs> seems to have broken up with her immediately as soon as she was leaving, and so they they kind of deal with all of that. Um, 
I just thought this was a really good portrait of a certain type of small town life where everyone knows your business mm-hmm. and you know I don't know that's that's my takeaway yeah. <laughs> well, this is one of my favorite films here actually uh, yeah. Kohler if you know his film I mean his most recent film was called uh, In My Room which uh, I think played at New York Film Festival last year yes. uh, he doesn't make many movies though so this is kind of a quick it has a feel like it's very modest like set over like a night or barely over one day I think mm-hmm. um, yeah but yeah obviously like Nick was saying tells a story of a father and daughter and it sort of begins with her like going to the airport to leave to the, for this trip and then not going yeah. and then going with her instead like taking off with her boyfriend for the night in a van and a lot of it takes place in this van and uh, but as it moves along you start to like meet other care like uh, mm-hmm. the doctor's uh, girlfriend and like he, all these strange like interpersonal dramas that are linking yeah. all the characters because and, and your sympathies really shift I feel like at the beginning I feel like you're uh, kind of on the side of the dad like why is she not going on this trip and then you real mm-hmm. you kind of learn that maybe he's a little overbearing and trying to yeah, force her to do this he's and kind of a nightmare sometimes yeah exactly <laughs> uh, but yeah it's a super like uh, I think like perceptive and so it's his idea movie. for her to go to Costa Rica? Yeah, you kind of learn that she, he's yeah. like pushing her toward that. <laughs> yeah, because it sounds like maybe it's, it's a clinic. She, oh, isn't it? What is that? She's going to a clinic or some, yeah, some program or like something year, like yeah. that. Yeah, it's called and a volunteer year, the film. I think that's right. Yeah, what it's alluding to. But yeah. Uh, um, yeah. It also like, it's only an 86 minute movie or something and it takes yeah. time. Like the first scene is like an extended uh, like set piece almost of him, of the, the dad trying to break into her, his brother's house because oh, yeah. he thinks he's dead. <laughs> right. Which like in most movies you like, the big strong man breaks the door down and this is right. him just like trying to get in for like five minutes <laughs> yeah. in various ways and yeah. so it takes like all these strange like little detours and like strangely observed moments that you don't get in other films even though it's not a super like lengthy or uh, like scale wise it's not like a big film or anything yeah and, and, and no one gets no one gets kind of the movie doesn't get carried away with any, any one person no or any like, cats and no I don't know <laughs> There's a lot of cats in this festival, but there are I'm a lot of sure cats in this festival. No, yeah, I, I, I don't think so. Unless they didn't have a cat in their home, do they? No, I don't they didn't. So. They should, but uh. they have a fish. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, yeah, I mean, it's it's just it's it's uh, yeah, I guess it's it's a perceptively modest, I guess you'd yeah. call it. But uh, I don't know. They're just these great great ways of communicating uh, things about. How it feels to to, to to be them. What one thing that constantly happens is like the first thirty minutes, they're constantly people are coming up telling them not to do things, or you know, like they're driving over something, or like, <laughs> um, or like. It's a very funny movie, yeah. Very yeah, funny. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like, funny. Really. Yeah, it is very funny. Yeah, um, but just that sense of kind of being hemmed in, so you kind of get where the daughter is at, where she's like, you know, supposedly she's getting away by taking this Costa Rica trip, but but really she's still being kind of controlled. Um, and I think you mentioned to me after we saw it, like you thought. It could almost be like a pilot for a oh, TV yeah. show, which is actually a good observation just because, like I was saying, you meet, you hear about these other characters mm-hmm. and you meet them, but it's not always elaborated on. Like, you could right. continue those stories and make new movies out of this, it seems like. And yeah, and it has the scale of maybe, not in a bad way at all, but like being like a small scale like thing you might see on TV or something. Yeah. Uh, so not as like conceptual as Kohler's right. other movies, which maybe can be off-putting for some people because those are like in my room. It's like about the last person on earth or whatever, you know, he thinks he's the oh, last right, person on yeah, earth, yeah. you know, so they're a little more conceptual than this, which is like just kind of a small family yeah. dramedy, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I do remember maybe what I was thinking about. There's no cat in it, but there is a nice literally walk on by a boar. 
Mm. You're right. No, there is. <laughs> I forgot about that. Four. Yeah, it takes four, place yeah. like in the in the countryside. Half yeah. of it. You know, they drive out to the country. So yeah, there's a lot of quite, stuff. Quite Not pretty. many films can claim that. No, it's true. That's unusual. Yeah. You usually get a boar. That's yeah. yeah there's a boar, and I, and I I thought I saw in the background when they're driving at night a couple of foxes, kind of going across, uh, the countryside. Obviously, all I look for <laughs> animals in the background. No. Um, but uh, yeah, that's a, a voluntary year. Um, and we're we're probably coming toward the end of 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 this episode, so I want to make sure we talk about anything we really really want to talk about. Um, there are definitely other good movies here. There was a girl missing, I think we mentioned, um, which Did you I want to talk about Blacklight. Oh yeah, there is an entire retrospective. Yeah, we should, which we have haven't couldn't have seen all of um, so far. It, it covers basically. All, all the way through back to the silent era, because going back to Oscar Michaud. Um, within these gates? Within these gates. Within these gates, yeah. Um, uh, all the way up to film from the 2000s. Um, and just before the 2000s, Jessica, you saw one, um, Eve's Bayou, which I'm, I'm curious. Did you yeah, see that? Yeah, yeah. No, I saw Eve's Bayou here. Um, Casey Lemons, they were showing it on 35mm, which is great, on film. And I hadn't seen it since it came out uh, 21 years ago and happily completely forgot the plot, which is great. I love when you see a movie after 20 years and you completely forget everything it's about. So it's all anew, which it was. Um, And it's really, yeah, it's really singular. It's also kind of neoclassical. It's almost like a classic Mm -hmm. Hollywood film. Um, And it's just, it just really holds up and um, it's really great. And she's, you know, on a roll and her new film Harriet is coming out mm-hmm. the biopic on Harriet Tubman and she's also directing the first episode of the Madam C.J. Walker Netflix series that Octavia Spencer is starring in oh. so really excited to see um, Casey Lemons coming out with so much you know incredible work and um, and yeah it's just it's just really good and like super southern gothic mm-hmm. um, kind of a rare kind of black southern gothic film I know I was talking about it with an um, African-American critic here that, you know, at the time, I mean, it's interesting, it, you know, and I just add, like, it's interesting to remember that this came out, like, around the same kind of juice, like, Boys, Boys in the Hood, um, Men's Society, kind of, you know, love and basketball, blah, 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 kind of period, and was not considered um, a black film in the same kind of vein as these films, you know, which is... Um, kind of crazy and messed up and it was you know coming from a different place but it's pretty black and, and you mean that's because it wasn't set in, the, in the, like the same environment as yeah as it wasn't I mean it's you know it's about um, you know Creole people and which you know I mean doing this project in Houston is particularly interesting and relevant to me and that's a huge um, piece of like Houston's identity you know Houston is exactly equidistant between Lafayette Louisiana which is the capital of Creole culture and uh, San Antonio which is the capital of Tejano culture so mm-hmm. that really speaks to the kind of like melange that is Houston which is incredible and unique and really doesn't exist anywhere else in the US mm-hmm. um, and yeah East Bayou is about this culture it's about Creole culture um, and you know Creole people have been migrating to Houston throughout the 20th century not just around Katrina, every time it would flood in Louisiana, people would kind of migrate. That's, you know, that is the culture that bore Beyonce, you know, among other cultures. Uh So it's, you know, so this is, this film is really dealing with that. And a kind of, I guess like a more kind of like bourgeois kind of family in situation. Um, So yeah, it wasn't in the same kind of environment and vein as these other films. So I think was a bit kind of uh, maybe misunderstood at the time, Um, but it really holds up and is quite beautiful. And, and has these amazing performances from 
people, you know, from yeah. Journey Smith and Megan Good, and and there's like children in this film, so yeah. that's incredible. Sam Jackson is like super young. Yeah. Although shout out to Sam Jackson, he looks great these days. I must say. Um, he's like, like immortal. I know he's, he really he's one is. Of the like he kind of looks the same as he did in yeah. *East Bayou*, and in some ways a kind of pre-proto Me Too film in some ways, in terms of what it's dealing with around memory and trauma and like there's mm. a lot going on in this film it's kind of ahead of its time but mm. also really classical at the same time mm-hmm. yeah and i was just i was just looking up to see who shot it because i remember it, it, it also just looks very atmospheric and beautiful amy, amy vincent um i don't know just thought i'd name the cinematographer because it looked look, yeah. i'm remembering right on a print yeah. it must have looked really gorgeous yeah too. it's yeah. gorgeous and terence blanchard Terrence did blanchard the score music, which yeah. is Really great. And yeah, I mean, the Blacklight, you know, this whole retrospective is really, mm. it seems like it's kind of about like black cosmology and how mm. these ideas and aesthetics travel throughout the world. A kind of like if, if cosmology is about that, mm. a kind of traveling of an idea or an aesthetic or, you know, it, that seems like that's, it is, it mm. is like really sprawling, but mm. that seems to be kind of like how everything is held together. How do these ideas kind of travel? How do they bubble up, whether it's in Brazil or in, on the continent or in the U.S.? And that's kind of what I'm getting from it. Um, yeah, that's, that, well, that's, that's interesting. That, that would go with um, the, the movie I saw part of. I couldn't resist just watching at least most of it, and then I had to go to another screening. Uh, the Harder They Come, mm-hmm. which is like a huge, in terms of exporting a culture, that that's kind of like a, a ground zero in a lot of ways for for I guess reggae for the rest of the world. <laughs> so that's that's I don't know that's interesting. Um, yeah, that was also a pleasure. <laughs> this is the first year. I don't know if it signals like a new change in direction for the retrospectives, but their first theme program in a while. Mm. One of Carlo's directives over the years was like single director retrospectives, mm-hmm. like right. Leah McCary last year and Tenere before that. A lot of classic Hollywood directors. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what if this is because of Lily or whatever, but this is the first kind of themed program in a while. They do have a small John Waters retrospective too, but mm, right. But there's yes. no, com- like the yeah, last yeah, five yeah. or six years have been like complete filmmaker retrospectives. Right, so it's right. Interesting, yeah. I think I read somewhere that they were, that they had a Blake Edwards yes. retrospective. They did, I think that yes. was and this is what, or something. This is what. That was scrapped and it's going to happen next year, no? Next year. Oh, is it? Okay, yeah, I, I didn't see Because I guess I it must be still gathering everything together they for were, that. Yeah, they were working with the estate and things kind yeah, of. Yeah, but yeah. there's so much, I mean, White Dog is in, I, which I would have liked to see how the audience responded, but I didn't, you know. No, super White eclectic. Dog is in uh, this. Like, there's, yeah, there's like, it's a lot, yeah. it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> My Ghost audi- Dog, another dog movie. Yeah. <laughs> Different yeah. kind of dog. Is Ghost Dog in, yeah. It, yeah, it was in yeah. the section, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, yeah. Ghost Dog there's, and White Dog? Yeah. Oh, oh that's right, you're right. Wait, that could be like, Ghost Dog, White Dog, Space Dog. That's right. <laughs> yep. Is there an animal? Is there a festival of like films about animals or? Not there must yet. be. There yeah. must be. There should be. <laughs> we just started. We one. just started <laughs> one. Yeah, I think we just did. I it. mean, just it's getting so sophisticated. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Filming yeah. animals is like because there's the film oh, yeah. about the dogs in the park, right? That came out last year from Latin America. Oh, um, oh. Los Reyes. Yeah, right. yeah. We showed that in Film Comments Select. Yeah, and yeah, that's yeah, kind of. Yeah. I mean, also, right? Oh it's yeah. Very like verite. But that's like happy, right? Those dogs are. It's. It's. I would say it's it has verisimilitude in the sense that it's happy, but also a lot of times like slow and also not everything's great for the stray dogs. So it's right. it's not totally it's not as happy as the poster where they're like looking at you. Right. Um. But it's it but it is very interesting as an, as you're saying like things getting really sophisticated about showing animals like it, it, they're not personified. Yeah. You know? I mean, you get a sense of their personalities and who they are, but they're not they're not just like 
people on legs or something. Right, and what I love about these movies is that it's also just like a reminder that like it's different from our emotionality, but like mm. animals, we're animals. Animals have emotions, true, yeah, and yeah. these films really bring you back. To, like just yeah. like they have feelings. Yeah, yeah, it's as true. Nina Simone would say. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, actually, that's almost a perfect moment to kind of. I don't know that we're gonna <laughs> do better than that. Um, so yeah, why don't we, we can sort of um, bring it in for a landing there. Um, unless there are any last films we just want to mention that, that we really, really liked that we saw. Um, speaking of animals, there was a movie called Bird Island that was pretty, pretty interesting. Um, we, we can go around, how about that? What's the movie that we just title you want to mention and then also one you want to see, what you're looking forward to seeing? Uh, I second Bird Island, actually. Yeah. Another, another favorite, a very, like an hour long, uh, it's presented in the guise of a documentary, but it has this kind of through line of a, a new recruit at a bird sanctuary, uh, more animal yeah. stuff in this fe- festival. Uh, so you get this like strange nonfiction uh, or like documentary element where you're watching these vets kind of work on these wounded animals, owls and various birds. Uh, yeah. But it's also like very uh, like deadpan humor with, with, the, with the young kid coming in and like learning about this uh, kind of practice. Uh, but yeah, very just like low key, little, barely a feature length. Yeah, um, but like super unique, and I had no idea like anything about the filmmakers. I think it was co-directed by two people. But uh, yeah. anyway, that's one. And then one I'm looking forward to. I think we'll see it tomorrow. Is called Osmosis. Uh, it's by right. a Chinese filmmaker named Zhu Tao, uh, <laughs> who New York listeners might have seen a movie he made called uh, The Worldly Cave that screened in projections or New York oh, right. Film Festival a couple mm-hmm. years ago. So this is his new. I think his first feature, that was like a medium-length film. So he's like an yeah. experimental filmmaker that's branching out into feature. It seems, I think it's a feature narrative. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm curious about that one, too. Um, the next movie I'm excited to see, which I'm going to see right after this, is The Science of Fictions, ah. which is about an Indonesian man who witnesses um, the a faked moon landing group oh. of people in Indonesia faking the moon landing. And his tongue is cut off and then he goes through life imitating an astronaut in outer space. So I am looking at this again for my Moon Landing 50 theme for the Houston Cinema Arts Festival, November 14th to 18th. There you go. Well, uh, well, good. Have a happy launch to, 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 to your tenure, the tenure there. Houston, we will not have a problem, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think that that's it from us here in Locarno. Thank you for listening and thank you to both of my wonderful and full guests. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to the Film Comment Podcast with music by Greg Einge. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Film Comment is a bi-monthly magazine published by the Film Society of Lincoln Center. Since 1962, Film Comment has featured in-depth features, critical analysis, and feature coverage of mainstream, art house, and avant-garde filmmaking from around the world. Visit us online at filmcomment.com to purchase a print or digital subscription to Film Comment. Or check out our app, available on Android, iOS, or Kindle. See the film that IndieWire calls the Argentine answer to Weekend. Lucio Castro's swooning gay romance, End of the Century, opens August 16th at IFC Center.